is on the block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on the block ESPN Radio. It's presented by Pathfinder Bank. It is great to have you here. All right, so listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I am an expert on Joe Judge because no one is. I think even Joe's mother struggles to, you know, give you the resume of what kind of football coach he is and who he's going to be. What we know about Joe Judge is that he's 38 years old. He's been the special teams coach for the Patriots the past few years, took on the wide receivers this year. And a lot of people, myself included, I retweeted something from Bill Simmons, who's a big Patriot fan and would know. Patriots receivers weren't exactly lighting the world on fire this year, right? That's not a a crew that you would look at and say, boy, they're coach. I want that guy. He took on the receivers this year, and that's part of it. You have to consider that when you're discussing the resume of this guy, but he's known more for the special teams angle. Okay, fine. The list of guys that have come from special teams is, look, Marv Levy comes to mind. John Harbaugh comes to mind. Special teams is a great way to kind of get in on football. It's an important aspect of the game. But do you take the leap from special teams coach to head coach? Do you take the leap from special teams coach to head coach with the New York football giants? Now, When you go one way with a head coaching hire and it doesn't work, you tend to pivot, right? So Pat Shermer, hired by Dave Gettleman, name that you know, experience, head coach, coordinator, the path of least resistance, right? The Dallas Cowboys have done this with Mike McCarthy. Needed a coach, brought in a Super Bowl winning guy with a, what is his overall record, 125 and 75. And look, he had his issues with Aaron Rodgers, but that's a safe play. Like that's, I get it. Especially with that roster. Like, The Cowboys have a Super Bowl roster. Tweak here, tweak there, good coach, good system. The coach was the problem in Dallas, right? So when the Giants made the inevitable change with Shermer but kept Dave Gettleman on board, this hire is going to define his legacy. It's going to define the Giants, and it's going to see if the Giants can kind of crawl out of this hole that they've been in. Ben McAdoo didn't work out, Pat Shermer didn't work out. Paulie's talking loud on his cell phone outside the door. There's a show going on in here. You think he like runs this place or something? Anyway, I always like to break Paulie's chops when we can. Joe Judge. Okay. If I'm a Giant fan, I am now in the position that I am trusting Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman who fell full-bloom love with Daniel Jones. And Daniel Jones may or may not be the answer, a quarterback for this team. Looked great for a while, kind of fell back down to earth, and I think that the jury is still out there. It would be if he had a great rookie season as well, because, well, he's still a rookie. If the Giants add Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator, who, say all you want about Jason Garrett, is a great offensive-minded coach, coordinator, could work with Daniel Jones, Great quarterback coach. I think that'd be a great addition to Joe Judge, right? But this, to me, is what defines this conversation right now. Joe Judge could be the next Belichick. We'll see. There's no perfect process to this. Like, the Carolina Panthers are going all in on Matt Rule. A college coach who, look, 
Matt Rule turns around programs. He did it at Temple. Baylor, you'll recall, was on the verge of the death penalty. And people were saying a couple years ago, why would you go there? Especially when you have your plum choice of jobs. Matt Rule is just one of those names on top of the list, and he had his choice. Every offseason, people would be lining up outside his door saying, which job would you like? And he chose that one, and he turned that around. And this is a lesson in life. It's a lesson we discuss on the show a lot. When you have leverage, use it. And Matt Rule's got a lot of rev- leverage. This is also a sport, this is also a country where you get what you get. And if someone's putting a seven-year, $40 million deal on the table, seven-year deal, I don't know all the particulars of it, what's guaranteed, what's not. You know, coaches can be fired tomorrow. We all know the clauses and the things that are put in these contracts, but that is a huge leap of faith on the part of the Carolina Panthers. Remember, have a new owner, big Wall Street guy. A lot of people are looking at uh, Tippett down at Carolina thinking he could be kind of the Mark Cuban of the NFL, and we'll see. That's that's a huge leap. And by reporting out there today, Schefter and Rappaport and some of these insiders said that basically Rule called the Giants or whoever represents Rule called the Giants and said, all right, this is what we got from Carolina. You guys want to match this? And they, to me, smartly said no. Okay. But are you really thinking that Joe Judge was the guy all along? Now, I'm not that upset, and I can look at this with clear eyes because I'm not a Giants fan, that they didn't get Josh McDaniels. I think Josh McDaniels is an overrated prospect. You just can't keep... (sighs) McDaniels... I understand that when he was a head coach, the circumstances of it, he almost took the job in Indy, which would have been a better job to take than some of the ones that are out there today. But I just feel like McDaniel's success is tied to Tom Brady and is tied to Belichick. I don't see that transferring elsewhere. I just don't get the... I understand why you interview him. I I get that. But to me... There's just certain coaches that don't take that next step. And McDaniels, to me, is not a must-have. you got to talk to him because of the pedigree that he has. But I think that is directly tied to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. It works there. I don't think you can replicate it elsewhere. And this is what has been tried out there. The Belichick tree. Mike Vrabel came into, we were talking about this on the Twitch break, because Mike Vrabel still doesn't come up you know, first thing to me, and he should, because he's the most successful of the Belichick disciples out there bill o'brien's right up there too but even look if the bills beat the texans they would have fired bill o'brien and would have been justified to due to some of the decision making he made late in that game and remember billy o'brien's been on the hot seat plenty there in texas but in you keep making the playoffs it's it's hard to fire that coach but vrabel went into foxborough mind you the not the patriots of old is he going into Foxborough beating a Patriots team that's got Antonio Brown and Rob Gronkowski? I don't know, maybe. Sometimes it takes knowing the Patriot way, being a part of the Patriot way, and a, and a bunch of, remember, Matt Patricia beat Bill Belichick this year. Billy O'Brien has beaten him. They've all taken a turn like going in and beating the Patriots. But what kind of Patriots team are you beating? So Vrabel worked. That was, Vrabel sounds a lot like Joe Judge. Player walks right off the field, gets into coaching, respected guy, 
kind of earns the stripes a little bit. You take a chance on him a little bit sooner. I mean, think about this. 38-year-old head coach. There was a time and a place where that would have been just extraordinary. It's almost normal now. You want to find the gurus. You want to find the Sean McVay now instead of waiting five years for him. Joe Judges, he turns 38 years old. I think like next week, like pretty soon. The youngest of the seven known candidates mentioned for the Giants job, mentored by Saban and Belichick. He is described, as Jordan Renan writes here on ESPN.com, as a no-nonsense guy who's not afraid to ruffle feathers with players if necessary. Now, everybody's saying all the right things about this guy because all his boys are out there talking to the insiders and pumping him up a little bit here. But we don't know anything about this guy. But that's the risk you got to take. You either go with the safe play in Mike McCarthy or Ron Rivera goes to the Redskins. It's funny how this division played out. Cowboys went safe play. Redskins went safe play. Giants went outside the box. But you are trusting that Dave Gettleman has found a gem here. That Dave Gettleman has gone against the grain. Dave Gettleman, who mocked analytics, who mocked some of the modern way, and now has had to embrace it begrudgingly. You're hoping that Dave Gettleman is a guru. That Dave Gettleman has found something that no one else has in Joe Judge. Because Joe Judge's name, in a league where you know all the names and know all the candidates, no one mentioned that guy's name once through all of this. Which doesn't mean that Dave Gettleman's wrong, because these football guys tend to be tapped into these kind of things. They have lists, they have a process, they talk to people in the league, and then they know who the Joe Judges of the world are. But they also get insulated. They also are in this box. And you've got to think about where you're coaching. You've got to think about it's different in New York. It just is. Giant fans, God bless them, are fiercely loyal. They're a unique fan base. They're not used to the sustained amount of losing that they've taken on there. They've had their rough spots in the past, but Giant football is, you're a playoff team. You have a great defense. You had, you know, Eli Manning for so long and Phil Sims and just teams that when you're watching football in January, they're going to be there for the most part. Two Super Bowl runs that still feel fresh enough to say, we were there, we did that, we had the right pieces to be a part of it. But the sustained losing that they've taken on, you're, you're sitting there saying, we're not the Jets. The team across the hall, this is what they do. That's not what we do. And you're telling me that Joe Judge is going to be the guy that takes you out of that? Maybe he is. Maybe this is the right approach. That's the thing about hiring season. It's it's the same thing as when you're having the draft conversation. You can watch all the film in the world. You can interview him a hundred times. You can talk to everybody who's ever coached him. You can talk to his mother, his father, his girlfriend's best friend, science teacher. The fact is you just don't know. It's a low-risk thing in that Joe Judge, if he comes in and doesn't work out, then you just recycle him out, as opposed to paying over the moon for Mike McCarthy and he doesn't work out, or paying over the moon for a guy who's not even uh, established in Matt Rule and he doesn't work out. 
Joe Judge, all right, give him a shot. And if it works, you could say you found the next fill in the blank. But it comes back down to this, Giant fans, and, and this has got to make you uneasy. You are trusting Dave Gettleman. You are trusting Dave Gettleman to buck the system and find the hidden gem. And to that, I say, good luck. What has been the defining issue of Major League Baseball's offseason? Cheating. And your Boston Red Sox are the latest in line. We'll discuss that in hot takes coming up. Certainly more on Syracuse and Virginia Tech. As we press along, stay right there. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Oh, baby, we got the remedy for you right here. On the Block, ESPN Radio. Presented by Burdick Toyota. Let's get to it, shall we? It's hot take time, baby. Hit me with that fancy old. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for hot takes on the block. The old adage in baseball is, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. The question is, how much can you use technology to cheat during games? Now, we all remember the stories that came out towards the end of last year about the Houston Astros and the investigation that was done by the Athletic about the garbage cans and the sign stealing and just the, the Astros had done everything they could to steal signs from other teams. The Yankees confronted them about it last year. They confronted them about it during the postseason. And it was just pretty much the worst kept secret in baseball that the Astros were doing everything they could to cheat. Okay. Well, the Athletic came out with a story today that the Boston Red Sox were using the umpire replay system recently put in to do the same thing. Steal signs, look at trends, relay things during games. This is a big no-no. And the connective fabric in this is Alex Cora. Alex Cora was on the 2017 Houston Astros that was at the heart of this investigation. The 2018 Boston Red Sox, your world champion Boston Red Sox, managed by Alex Cora, that's the connective fabric. So depending on how big this blows up, what baseball knows, Jeff Passan, our friend from ESPN, reported today that the punishment for the Astro story is coming down within the next couple of weeks. And according to him, it's going to be harsh. And by the way, it should be harsh. Now, as a Red Sox fan, I will say exactly what I said about the Astros. If this athletic report is true, and they have, and they're not exactly the same circumstances, but this is kind of agreed upon, even in a sport where everybody agrees. That look, if if I can steal your sign, if I got somebody at second base and I can tell what you're doing, and I can steal your sign, that that's okay. But when we're getting into cameras and we're getting into replay systems and the use of technology, remember the Apple Watch controversy? Like this is what highly competitive baseball teams are going to do until they get caught, and it's worth it to them. Is that why the Red Sox won the World Series in 2018? Of course it isn't. 
but they're going to use every advantage they can. The Patriots have been caught a number of times or on the fringe of being caught a number of times of doing things they're not supposed to do. Just this year, okay, you had another story about their, you know, filming the sideline of the Cincinnati Bengals. How much was football operations involved in that? It's just, if you don't think this is widespread out there, then you're naive. It's just a matter of, well, who gets caught doing it? So this is a problem for the Red Sox, and if this goes as deep as it looks, I'm not sure Alex Cora survives this. You can't have a manager who's involved in the two biggest scandals, cheating-wise, that baseball has seen in the last two off-seasons. That will be pretty interesting if we're like a month away from pitchers and catchers and the Red Sox have to make a decision about their manager. Do I think they're going to fire him? No, but the heat might get turned up on them to do it if he's at the the heart, if he's at the center, if he's heavily involved in both of these controversies. And this is what has defined baseball's offseason. Cheating, using technology to cheat, and old-school methods being modernized. That's it. They're still cheating. They've been cheating forever. If it was steroids, if it was stealing signs, if it was putting Vaseline on the ball, if it was pine tar, a little too much up the bat, right? Running out, George Brett running out of the dugout. Like this has no sport, by the way, has been defined by this more than baseball. So congrats to Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball. That's hot. Your offseason has been defined by cheating scandals. I don't know how much people are really going to care. But within the boundaries of baseball, pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Uh, We are going to get much more into this as we go along. But uh, just in case you're somebody who has said in some way, shape, or form, hey, when is it lacrosse season? It kind of started today. Media day, practice. Coming up, we'll start our conversations with John Desco coming up soon. He's going to be a guest on my podcast this week. And this is a pretty interesting Syracuse lacrosse team that starts practice. Here. You know, we made a conscious effort to play uh, younger players a couple of years ago and, and a year ago. So I think the probably what I'm looking forward to is seeing all that game experience uh, pay off this year. And I think they've been, you know, been a lot of one goal games, been in some playoff games now. And uh, I'm hoping that this experience that the guys have at all ends of the field uh, is going to pay off in game situations this year. Syracuse is an anchor at every position. They have a good goaltender. They've got terrific face-off guys. Tucker Dordovic returns. They have a 22. Chase Scanlon transfers in, says, give me the 22, wants it. They've got one of the best close defenders in the country in Nick Mellon. So if you want to say it's Final Four or bust, you can go ahead and say that and put that expectation on this team. I feel like we say that a lot. But the fact that they have a 22-11, and 11, a deep roster, a loaded team, they kind of do have to get back to the Final Four, right? It's an interesting journey they're going to have to take, especially considering after March 1st, they can't play in the Dome. Playing all outdoors, on the road, at CNS. So much more to come on this, but uh, they're back practicing. If uh, you're somebody that's looking over the horizon at lacrosse, and if the basketball team continues to slip, then maybe you'll be paying a lot more attention to them. But for now, we'll take a break. We'll come back. You're on the block. ESPN Radio. Stay right there on twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk.